So let's get this started. Hello Sprinters, my name is Larissa Kravitz and today we will be talking about investment and finance as an entrepreneur. We'll look at the five biggest mistakes to avoid when investing as a private individual, but we will also talk about the do's of investing, not just as a private individual, but also as a corporation and how to structure finance within your company, be it a fast turnover software as a service or a consultancy business how to structure your bank accounts, your ca cash flow, your liquidity, and everything that is important to financing the scaling and growth of your business. Welcome everybody to The Strategy Show. I'm Simon Severino, your host, and today we talk money with Larissa Kravitz. Larissa, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Simon. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's get started. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Um, of course, my, my name is Larissa Kravitz and uh, I am an investment advisor and corporate consultant. I used to be an equities trader, treasury manager, supervisory board member, risk manager and strategy developer in terms of financial trading strategies. And I now do a lot of workshops on investment advice and financial literacy. And I'm also a consultant for companies when it comes to their financing, investment, and treasury needs. And I'm I guess, so I, I hope we ca I can share a lot of wisdom today. Oh yeah, and especially because money is a, such an important topic for everybody. And we will talk both on the personal level mm -hmm. and on the corporate level. And we will talk both what money mistakes to avoid, what are the correct money and investment strategies. And also you will give us advice on what the CEO, the founder, should do every week as a two-hour wealth and investment review, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. Let's start with the mistakes. What should we avoid? Okay, there are um, some, some of the golden rules, and there are, I would say, five top investment mistakes to avoid. The first one is never invest in anything you don't understand. So if there is, let's say somebody offers you an investment and it sounds great, it really sounds amazing, you can make an amazing profit in a very short amount of time, but you don't actually understand how it works. Now this is something very dangerous because if you don't exactly understand the product or the deal, then you have no way of evaluating the risks and pretty much anything unexpected could happen simply because you don't really know what would normally happen or what would be likely to happen. So it's very important to educate yourself about investing and uh, the capital markets in general, because that way you can avoid some of the most dangerous risks. That's, that would be the first rule. The second one is, there's a, a Chinese proverb that I really love about this, and it basically says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is now. And it's basically about getting started with investment as soon as possible. Especially with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial businesses, what happens is that the entrepreneur or CEO says, I'm going to start investing once I get that big client, um, once I sell my company and have this exit, or once I pay myself the next dividend. Now, investing is something that should be done with the consideration of a 20-year horizon. So you should actually be investing every month, even if it's just a uh, smaller amounts. Yeah. I hear this a lot, so help me out. Some people say, well, if I start investing now, the amount is so small, the leverage will be low, 
I should do it later because then the volume makes the leverage. So that's not correct? Well, the thing is that you do have compound interest. So even if you start investing small amounts, there's already interest that accrues. Um, so the later you start, the more you will have to invest. And we do know that the future is uncertain. And let's say you do sell your company, then you have a lot of money and instead of investing it, you might want to start a new company with it. Essentially, then you might be putting that money at risk. That might be venture capital instead of, let's say, solid investment for your retirement or for the future of your children. And the other thing is, when it comes to investment, knowledge and education is extremely important. And if you start investing small amounts, you gain a lot of experience. And this is why, let's say, even if you are a freelancer or even if you just started a business and you, have, you don't even have employees yet, your, your business is, is, is tiny, it's a good idea to already start investment because you will learn along the way. Let's say you do the opposite. Let's say you build your company, you sell your company, and then all of a sudden you have a lot of money on your hands. And with that money, you are a first-time investor. As a first-time investor, you are very likely to make mistakes. So then it's better to make this mistake with a few thousand euros rather than with a few million euros. So that's, aside from the compound interest, that's one of the most important aspects of starting early. This is also why um, if people have kids, I suggest that they talk, parents talk to their kids about investment latest when their kids leave university or uh, move out of the house to teach them basically, yeah. You know, you should think about your future, even if it's just a small amount of money you're putting aside, you should get started early because that will give you time to learn, to make mistakes, to compensate for these mistakes with small amounts, and you will have compound interest accruing. Cool. What else should mm -hmm. be avoiding? Um, another thing that should be avoided is excessive risk. A lot of people, um, if you look at, especially in Europe, if you look at the statistics and the research on why people don't invest in the capital markets, the reason they give, the primary reason, is because they're afraid of risk. They're afraid of the market crashing. They're afraid of losing all their money. And um, the thing is that there are very, very simple ways of limiting your losses. Let's say you invest in securities in the capital markets. Um, one of the simplest ways is something called a stop-loss order. So let's say you buy stocks or you buy bonds. The stop-loss order is an automatic sales order that will be triggered if the security price falls below a certain level. So if you buy a security, then you could put the stop-loss level 10 or 12% below the current price. That way you will know that the security will be automatically sold if it falls more than 10%. So you've kind of maximized your potential loss on that security. And the other practical thing is, let's say you go out, you know, you go on holiday, you're hiking up Machu Picchu, there's no internet, you can't really use your phone, and you're walking up there and it's in the forest, and all of a sudden, there's some other tourists coming, you know, the other way, and they're walking down, and you know, you hear them talking to each other, and you're like, yeah, did you see the markets yesterday? Yeah, yeah, that was an absolute bloodbath. I can't believe they fell so much in a day. That is very practical about stop-loss orders. They're automatic, and you don't really have to worry about them. So in case there is some kind of flash crash or the markets just crash right when you are not at your computer or somewhere where you can trade, then your losses will be cut automatically. So that's, that's a very, very good risk management strategy. Also talking risk, let's dive into mm -hmm. an everyday topic. 99% of my friends, they invest 
in real estate mm -hmm. buying the apartment or the house they live in. And 99% of the population, educated population, uh, think this is the best way to do. Now, I'm not an expert, but I thought that diversification means that you put 15% in real estate, 20% of your full portfolio. Now, usually when they do it in their 30s, that's what they do, that's around 90% mm -hmm. of their investment portfolio. Is it really still the right thing to do from an investment perspective or are we just repeating the patterns um, of, of older times? Um, well, the thing is, um, I do think real estate investing is important. I think it's one of the best ways to secure your retirement. Because if you look at poverty in retirement, rental payments are one of the major driving forces of um, old age poverty. So it's a very good idea to take care of that real estate problem while you're young. Normally, um, you will only invest 20 or 30% or you basically you make a down payment of 20, 30% on the real estate you buy um, and then have a mortgage over 20, 30 years. So you wouldn't necessarily count the price of the real estate towards your portfolio value, but only the equity. Um, so basically the down payment you've made and the equity that is, has accrued by you paying back your mortgage or by the price of uh, the property rising. So it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't necessarily be 90% if you also invest in securities. Um, it is a good idea to diversify in the sense of that your real estate is not your only asset or barely your only asset, that it's about 90, 95%. Um, one of the things that, that I, for instance, like is the idea of actually buying smaller real estate units as rental units. And if you have a bigger family, actually not buying, but renting the apartment that you live in. This is something that a lot of people um, that I know actually do, because the bigger the apartment gets, the lower the rent per square meters especially in urban areas where you have a lot of single households. So you have the, the classic 40, 50 square meter apartment, which actually has a very high rent per square meters. But once you get up to family size apartments, 120, um, 150, 200 square meters, the rent per square meter actually starts to fall again. So to a certain extent, it can make sense to say, okay, I'm going to invest in smaller units that I rent out and my family unit is actually something I'm going to rent instead of buy. So that's, that's one way to go about it as well. Um, I would definitely, I'm, I'm actually a fan of real estate investment. I used to work in real estate as well for real estate companies. And um, as a private individual, I think it's one of the best ways to secure your future, not only financial freedom, but peace of mind as well. So, um, and even if you start up with a small property, let's say you're young, you know, you, maybe you're 25 or you're barely 30, you have your first job. I think it's always a good idea to buy a small apartment and then gradually upgrade and not necessarily wait too long to buy something super, super huge. Um, one of my best friends or family I'm very, very uh, close to, um, the guy bought a very, very small apartment, I think in his late 20s. And this was really something that you would call a bit of a substandard apartment. Um, it was in a location that was not that popular. He had to refurbish it. He refurbished it, made it really, 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 really nice. And him and his wife have two children. And this is a rather small apartment. 
And instead of doing what most families do when they have kids, that they upgrade and they start renting a very expensive place immediately, they decided to kind of use their space efficiently. The children were sharing a room and they managed to save a lot of money. And now they managed to buy the apartment next to it. And now they're kind of refurbishing, connecting the two apartments. And now they will have a huge garden maisonette actually. Um, and they have a lot of savings, so they don't have to take on a lot of debt. It compounded over the years. Yeah, and that's also one of the things. It's if if you want to get on the real estate investment ladder, it's a good idea to start with something small and affordable, um, rather than going out and always rental upgrading every time. You know, let's say you move in with somebody or you have a child. It's a good idea to kind of essentially sacrifice the present for the future a little bit. Because in, in the case of that family, they now have a lot of freedom. They have two jobs. Um, they have a very, very cheap mortgage because they've managed to save a lot of money over the years by not upgrading immediately. Cool. We are actually in front of the smallest mm -hmm. house of Vienna here. You know this house? <laughs> the tiny one over <laughs> the there. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a very, very... It, the whole street is actually very cute with, with a few old houses and... Uh, yeah. So, um, what else should we avoid before we go to what should we do? Um, I think one of the things to avoid is um, hypes. Essentially, when it comes to securities investment or capital markets or general, even with real estate, don't be upset when you've missed an investment. There's no such thing as, as missing an investment. It's like a train station. There will be another one along in five or 10 minutes. There are always new trends starting. There are always interesting opportunities. And especially um, in the capital markets, if you feel you've missed an entry point, it might not necessarily be a good thing to then basically you know, run after that security, buy it at a very, very high price. It, you know, you might want to wait until the next really good opportunity shows up. So that's also uh, one very, 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 very um, important thing. And um, the other thing is to really do your analysis and you see, look at investment as a 20, 30 year project. And very often you might be talking to people about investment or people might talk to you about a certain security, about a stock, about a company. Um, they might give you their personal opinion. They, they may be wrong. Sometimes people try to give you insider information. You should definitely not act on that. It's, it's illegal and um, you should always do your own research and really educate yourself about investing in finance. Do your own research and really instead of, don't try to make a lot of money quickly. Try to make a good return slowly but consistently over the time span of 20 years. Thank you so much. Entrepreneurial freedom is awesome. It's also a lot of hard work to get there. And when you are there, it's easy to lose your grip. Our community of 16,000 entrepreneurs is getting stronger and stronger every week because we amplify each other. We share what works and drop the rest. We test, refine, improve. Check strategysprints.com to build up your business and have fun doing it.